Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, this is episode 31 of Excelsior Journeys. Never thought that uh, that it would go this far but at the same time, I'm so thrilled that it has, and I'm so happy that you have all been able to uh, listen in, uh, subscribe, participate, uh, be interviewed on the show, and uh, provide any sort of comments or anything. And um, if you haven't done that yet um, and you're listening, please do. I really hope that uh, that it's been a worthy excursion for you. Um, great use of your time. I know that there are a whole bunch of different podcasts that are out there, thousands of them, and I am very flattered that you have added mine to your to your listening. Um, so what I wanted to do this particular week is um, I wanted to make up for the fact that I that because of my very crazy schedule this particular week, um, I have not been able to actually sit down with a guest this time around. So I wanted to create a little AMA, a little Ask Me Anything. And I reached out to people on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and um, finally wound up getting a few responses. And I was very happy about that. So that meant that I had some material to work with here. Um, but before I get into it, let me just go ahead and remind you, if you live in the St. Louis area, I really would love to see you at the Barnes & Noble at West County Mall on Saturday, April 27th. I'm going to be there with my fellow Aloris Publishing author, Rebecca Jaycox, who, if, uh, if you are aware of this, is also my editor and a great one as well. Um, I can honestly say that Excelsior and Ever Upward would not be where they are if it weren't for Rebecca's input and for her tough love. Uh, she is very good at it. Um, she will tear you to shreds. She'll do it with a smile. But at the same time, uh, all of her 
ideas, all of her suggestions, all of her questions, they're all worth it. And because they just force you to become a better writer. And that's something that I would definitely say is uh, is something that I can apply to all editors that are out there, all the really good editors that really make a point to to help their authors, to help their clients. And uh, Rebecca does that in spades. I would wholeheartedly recommend her to anyone who is looking for an editor. Um, and I really, really appreciate all of her work. And I'm thrilled that she is doing so well with her uh, series, which is The Other Inheritance and its sequel, The Other Queen. She is very busy on The Other War. She is doing very, very well with her with her drafting of that. And hopefully she'll have that done before the end of this year. Um, I am, in the meantime, have been, uh, I've stalled quite a bit with, with uh, part three of the Excelsior Journey, which is called Greater Glory. There's a lot that I want to do with this, but at the same time, I want to make sure that the length of this one is about the same as the first one, not so much as, uh, as the second one. Um, those of you who haven't seen Ever Upward on the bookshelves yet, it's definitely a larger story. Uh, it's a very, it's a deeper story. It goes further into the Excelsior mythology, and it's definitely darker. And all three of those goals were met um, very well, I should say, with Ever Upward. I'm very, very proud of how that turned out. Um, so at the same time, though, I am very busy with Greater Glory, and I really hope that that will also be out. I, I'm shooting for it to be out in September. Maybe I am um, in optimistic to the point of, of idiotic. But at the same time, I really think that if I can get this done by September, then I'll have accomplished a huge, huge goal of mine. And so that's something that I'm still just really chiseling out this whole story um, because with when I was in high school, I had Excelsior and Ever Upward pretty much mapped out to the way they would wind up being. Obviously, a whole lot has changed since then, since those days in high school. But I felt like I had some sort of a, a skeleton to work with. This time around, all I have is just like a few random scenes and an element that I really wanted to add to this one. That's all I got with this one. So I am looking forward to seeing how I'm able to pull Greater Glory out of this one. Um, in the meantime, um, Rebecca and I are going to be at the Barnes & Noble at West County Center on this Saturday, April 27th. We're going to be there from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And I really hope that uh, you guys can make it out there because we have... In addition to us having copies of our books to sell and sign for all of you, we have also struck some deals with some nearby stores in the mall. We have coupons at the ready from California Pizza Kitchen, and we have samples at the ready from Lush. And this is both body wash and soap samples that are going to be available with any purchase of either of our books. So... Um, Rebecca will have copies of The Other Inheritance and The Other Queen. I will have copies of Excelsior and Ever Upward. And any purchase of any of those four books will get you our swag bag of goodies. And it, uh, we also are offering a free tote that goes with it. Um, if you get 
both either both parts of one of our series. So if you get the other inheritance and the other queen or Excelsior and Ever Upward, you're leaving with a free tote as well. So yay, this is going to be a great time. And there's a, there's definitely getting some buzz about this event. So I'm really looking forward to seeing all of you there. Now, um, as I was saying regarding the questions, I was able to get a couple of questions um, actually from the um, uh, from other authors on Facebook and Twitter. And I was also thinking about a couple of things that I would like to kind of bring up regarding uh, regarding authors and the writing community as well. Um, and also throw in a little extra of what I have learned so far um, in my several months of working at Barnes & Noble. So, um, so we'll get to that. But first, let me get to the couple of questions that I've gotten so far. So um, I got a great question from the Twitter handle uh, that says, um, the Twitter handle, The Ring and the Rift. So it's at The Ring and the Rift. And they asked, what is a good way to build an interactive following? And now I can say that that's an excellent question. And especially with the addition of the magic word interactive. Um, I, can, I can't really speak for people that have achieved huge success out there in social media. I don't have millions of followers. I have, a, I have several thousand. I'm very proud of that. Um, I also have like over 3,000 people that have liked my, my page on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Excelsior Books. You'll find all the information about me, about my business by George He's Got It, the audiobook narrating, the voiceover acting, and also this podcast. Um, so I can only say what's worked for me. And I can say that Anyone can just purchase followers if they want to see their numbers go up. But the problem with those is that those accounts will just sit there and take up space. They won't interact with you. They're not going to get you anywhere. And it also feels so much better to get those follows organically than it is to just buy them and be done with it. So with that in mind, I really want to stress that wonderful word, interactive. And the best way to build an interactive following is to interact with people. People aren't going to automatically look at you and say, hey, you're awesome, and they'll start following you. What you need to do is get um, get some questions going, get some conversations started. I've always said that Twitter is essentially the world's biggest cocktail party. And when you are out there at a cocktail party, you're there to network. You're there to shake hands. You're there to chat it up with different people that are there. What you're not there to do is to basically throw links in people's faces and say, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. You don't want to do that. You're going to turn them off immediately. Um, and you definitely don't want to do that after they take the time to follow you and send that in a direct message. That's uh, for so many people. That is a one-way ticket to unfollowsville. Um, so what I would definitely suggest is to... Bring up some, you know, start up some conversations. Find out what people are reading. Find out what they're writing. Find out what they are working on or find out what they're looking for in terms of the next book that they're going to read. Um, there are some great hashtags that are out there. There's hashtag am writing, uh, which is the pound sign and then am writing, A-M and then writing. And 
that has been a great one. You can basically just ask, you know, like, hey, what's your work in progress or WIP or WIP, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, talk, you know, get the work, get the conversations going to talk, you know, let them talk about their books or um, or find out what people are reading, find out what they really like, what's their genre of choice. Because who knows, you just might wind up chatting with someone who is looking for your book. So I would definitely say, you know, just start some open-ended conversations, you know, different things where you can throw in something to fill in the blank or throw out your opinion on a specific book or something or ask for other opinions about the book. Um, and, you know, get the word out there. Get You know, the more people you chat it up with, the more you're going to find that uh, that you're going to be enjoying yourself and, hey, you haven't mentioned your book yet. And as time goes on, you'll be able to kind of sneak in a little, you know, some references to it every now and then. Now, I'm not saying never post a link, but I'm saying that you don't want that to be the overwhelming arc of your Twitter handle, of your Twitter feed. You want to get some chatting going on there. You And also you want to respond to other people when they're taking the time to respond to you. And you can go ahead and just like chat it up with them and everything. If they start following you, you can go ahead and tag them and say thank you for the follow. And all that, you know, all that great stuff to really just kind of get people talking. And, you know, who knows? Who knows what, you know, what's what you're going to find out there. So the main thing that I would definitely say when it comes to interactive following is to interact. Um, When it comes to talking about your book, you can do a few things. You can drop the book trailer so that way people can see the video. You can put in the the log line. You can even ask other writers, does this log line work? Um, And you can even throw in like a little sample of your work. And you'd be surprised at, you know, the kind of the kind of responses that you'll get on Twitter, on Facebook and like, um, you know, definitely put some type of art that inspired, maybe inspired a scene or something on Instagram. I found that Instagram has become a very uh, useful tool for me and my right and uh, and getting the word out there about my writing, about my podcast, about basically like all that I do. I'm finding myself spending a lot more time there. Um, And I'm really looking forward to kind of stretching my legs and seeing how I do on sites like LinkedIn. I want to, you know, take Judy Fox's advice and see what I can do with that site. And I hope that you do too. So um, definitely don't disregard LinkedIn. Go ahead and see how you can do with that as well. Um, So yeah, that's what I would say regarding an interactive following. So thank you, The Ring and the Rift, for your question. And I got a terrific question, um, and this was an open-ended question that another author, Elizabeth Black, had sent had put out on her Facebook fa- uh, Facebook page. And she was asking, "Are you jealous of someone else's success, no matter how irrational your jealousy is? Do you feel Schadenfreude when another writer has a rough time or gets a rejection? How does jealousy affect your self-esteem as a writer?" And um, for those of you who don't know, schadenfreude is the German word for taking pleasure in someone else's misfortune. So that there's that. I have found you know, the jealousy, envy, you know, like that's the sort of feeling. It's very, it's a very easy thing to kind of wallow in that sort of feeling. Um, 
the trick is to get past it. You're going to feel it. There's, it's, it's going to happen. Um, it's just kind of a human nature and everything to feel that way. Uh, the trick is to not let it overwhelm you. Um, you definitely don't want to feel like, uh, you know, like when another writer has a rough time or gets a rejection, that's, I, I definitely don't want to do that because I have had my share of rejection when it comes to my writing and it sucks. It really sucks to feel that way. Um, so you get through it and everything. The best thing that you can do is to be there for someone when they are getting a rejection, when they're having a rough time. Who knows? You just might have a little piece of advice that they can take and run with and succeed with. How cool would that be? Um, now, when you hear about, you know, like uh, the different authors that are out there in the world, like the, the multi-million dollar authors, obviously we all want to be in that realm. We all want to be... Uh, we all we all look up to J.K. Rowling, and at the same time, we all, there are so many of us that look down to E.L. James, um, and you know it's it's one of those things where just like you you there are so many people that take pleasure in tearing books apart, and at first you know you you have those moments and everything where just like yeah that that's funny and. Yeah, I, I get where they're coming from with that. But at the same time, if, you, if you're an author, you can't really feel that way because it's only going to, it's only going to hurt you in, at, at the end. Um, there are so many people that are just like, oh, I can do better, better than E.L. James. You know, E.L. James, to her credit, she tapped into of one hell of a market. And, you know, granted, yes, that market was Twilight fan fiction, but at the same time, she got it. You know, there's there had to have been something about her work that had gotten the attention of so many people. And you got to give her credit for for latching onto it and riding it all the way to where it is now, uh, where she's gotten, I think, I'm not sure if she's still working on book three of the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy from Christian's point of view, which is what Stephanie Meyer was doing, you know, how it how it happens. Um, but yeah, there is, it's definitely something that, uh, yeah, you definitely feel that, you know, that jealousy, you feel that envy and everything. You wish that they had that sort of success, but at the same time, you are not going to get that success when you're sitting there stewing over someone else's work, you have to get your own work out there. And, and you know, this is, you know, speaking as someone who took five years to write Ever Upward, um, yeah, you have to put in the work. You have to be able to get through whatever it is that you're feeling and then get past it and then focus on your writing. Feel it for a few, you know. Don't try to just, you know, stifle it or anything completely. Um, because it will just fester and eat at you more and more and more. Um, you got to just go ahead and let, have your moment, get it out of your system, and then get back to work. That's what I would say. Um, and another thing that, that, uh, that has, that one of the things that I was, you know, really thinking about um, was when, I when like about I want to say uh, for the past you know couple of years or whatever, 
I've been hearing a lot from different authors that are very leery to put any sort of best-selling author status on their name. Now, granted, if you are, if you made it onto the USA Today, you know, pay, um, best-selling author list, if you made it on the New York Times best-selling author list, you know, God bless you. Go ahead, run with it. You know, you deserve it. Um, there are so many people that are out there that that are very leery of doing any other type of best-selling author uh, status added to their name because they know that there are so many people out there that have kind of gamed the system and they would basically just kind of create a random uh, category on Amazon and then just buy like a, a handful of their books on their own and then voila, all of a sudden they're the number one best-selling author in books on tractor tires, you know, because it just happens to have put in the word tractor or something in the title, something really stupid like that. That's their problem. They can go ahead and, you know, they want to go ahead and be the hack and everything that just does that and claim their title. You know, like you can't stop them from doing that. So here's the thing. During this whole time that I've been working at Barnes & Noble, I've been working there for, you know, like for several months now. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed working with everyone. The All the employees have just been absolutely awesome to me. And um, everyone has been so friendly. Everyone has been so welcoming. And it really means a lot to be there in terms of kind of like uh, you, you want to, you know, how they, how I, I believe uh, Run from Run DMC said, you want to go, you know, I want to go where I'm celebrated, not where I'm tolerated. And I definitely feel celebrated there. Um, I really feel like um, everyone there has become a, you know, become very good friends uh, to me. Um, I really appreciate all of them. And I really appreciate them giving me this chance to be there. And I'm glad that I'm doing such a good job for them there. Now, with that in mind, one of the things that I have noticed is that a lot of customers that are there, they look at that best-selling author status, whether it's a New York Times bestseller, whether it just says international bestseller or national bestseller or whatever, they look at that. And they respond to that. So what I have to say to the authors that are out there that are stewing about whether or not they should celebrate the fact that they did reach a number one bestseller status on Amazon on a major list, something that actually that would take a lot of time and effort and a lot of sales to hit that mark. If you hit that, then by all means, put it on your, put it out there. Let people know that you are a best-selling author because that does count. Now, I'm not saying, you know, like, you know, to create a category and then just do what the hacks do. If you have been a part, either like a part of a promotion or God willing, your book you know, like just knowing that it's out on pre-order and has already gotten so much momentum that boom, it's gotten that number one best-selling author status already. Fantastic. But you have to enjoy that. You have to embrace that because here's the thing. If you don't 
if you don't put in any value of of yourself as a best-selling author, then the people that are out there that want to buy your book aren't going to see that and they're not going to pay attention to you. So that's what I really need to make sure that my fellow authors know what they're doing when it comes to that. Now, there are people that think that um, that if they um, take part in one of those bundles that are out there and that reaches a USA Today bestselling author status, then they just bought their way on there. That's not the case because those things are curated by people that really know what they're doing. Yes, they're putting in a lot of they're putting money into the marketing. They're putting money into the cover art. They're putting money into getting the word out there, into all the promotions, into BookBub, into Book Barbarian, Robin Reads, and um, all those all those great sites that do their part to let readers know what's out there. And you can't, you know, like that's what the money is going to. It's going into promotion. So at the end of the day, you are not buying copies, a bunch of copies for yourself and distributing them to everyone. You're not doing that. You're putting the word out there. You're saying, hey, this is a great deal. Or look at all these great authors that are here. And it's up to the people to go ahead and get it. Now, back in December, Excelsior had a BookBub promotion. And yeah, I would. I was really anxious and hopeful that I would get enough sales to reach one of those USA Today lists, God willing, a Wall Street Journal, New York Times, whatever. And so I worked with my publisher and we set up some promotions, not only on the day that the book bub was going out, but also for a couple days after that as well. And what we wound up doing we wound up selling quite a bit. We didn't sell enough to reach the USA, you know, USA Today list or anything like that. But what happened was Excelsior was able to hit a very popular list at number one. And this was a list that, you know, that I've been, you know, hanging out in for quite quite a lot of time. And finally, for that period, for the day of the BookBub promotion, it hit number one in that category. And that little orange flag says number one bestseller that went on Excelsior. And you damn well know that I screenshot the hell out of that. And I made sure that I was I was well aware of what was going on. And I was thrilled that I was able to keep that. And not only did that happen... But I also hit number one in three different categories on Amazon Canada. And that's the real kicker for me because all of a sudden I hit number one in, on Amazon US in a category and I hit number one in three categories in Canada. And therefore, that made me an international best-selling author. Now, granted, I didn't immediately embrace that. I was a little skeptical about how I should use that as well. And I reached out to other authors on Amazon. And one of them said the best thing. She said that, you know, like her friend was dealing with the same thing. And she reached out to Amazon and Amazon said that if you had those, that orange flag, then you can call yourself a best-selling author. 
And so because I had that flag on the Amazon US site and the Amazon Canada site, that made me an international best-selling author. So yes, I am using that title, international best-selling author. And I really hope that whatever categories you guys hit number one in, you guys embrace that and run with it and use it because the people respond to that sort of thing. You may think it's cheap or cheesy or whatever, but no, they respond to it. And if they don't respond to you, if they don't look in your direction, they're not going to read your work. And therefore, you're writing in a vacuum. And there are too many people that do that. And I, I, I'm, I'm done with that sort of feeling. And I really hope you are too. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up right now. I'm making this a short one because uh, I do have a whole lot of other work that I have to do, but I wanted to make sure that I got an episode in for this week. So um, I really hope that all of you are enjoying this ride that I'm on with Excelsior Journeys. And I really hope that uh, you're looking forward to the expansion that's going to be happening starting May 5th when Excelsior Journeys becomes part of, full-on part of the Winding Trails Media podcasting network. And if you subscribe to Excelsior Journeys, then you're going to have access to um, to the syndicated episodes of Right Pack Radio, as well as, as well as other podcasts that are coming out throughout the week. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up right now, but I want to thank you all for listening to Excelsior Journeys. And I, if you're in the St. Louis area, looking forward to seeing you on April 27th. And if you have any sort of questions or anything that you'd like to know about, um, about me, about podcasting itself, about anything that I, you know, consider a passion of mine, any like movies, writing, voiceover, whatever, whatever you want to know, just go ahead and send them my way. Go, you can go ahead and po- post a comment on any of the places where Excelsior Journeys is located. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, which is its home base, um, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Spotify, six different places where you can get Excelsior Journeys. Uh, please, please subscribe, please like, please comment, please share. And if you're in the St. Louis area, looking forward to seeing you on the 27th. So um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. So for everyone else that I have interviewed in the past and everyone who I will be interviewing in the future, and for all of you authors out there who are struggling with embracing your own personal success, please go for it. This is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward, and I'll see you next week.